0: <laughs> is it recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh! Is it still <gasps> recording? <laughs> I
1: like how your microphone is clipped to your the little tassels of your Thank hoodie. Thank you. I like it too. Yeah. What are those called? The t- Tassels. <laughs> okay. Drawstring. Oh. Phalanges? phalanges. <laughs> Shirt phalanges. Wow, it has been a long time since we've recorded a podcast. Yeah. I can't even remember the day. Was it a Thursday?
0: What was the last one we did?
1: We're going to watch Contagion. Cause
0: Just to get your mind off things. You know, to help <laughs> you get your mind off the chaos of the world. None of um... us have
1: seen Contagion. This is a first for the podcast. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but no. I have no memory of Nick it. Nick has definitely seen it. It's no firsts here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch it now.
0: Welcome. Well, we watched it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we just f- wrapped up the film Contagion. Uh, and yeah, somebody,
1: can somebody explain the plot of this movie? Wait. We have h- to intro. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick. I'm Mike. I'm Natalie.
0: This is Faith-Based, a podcast where we talk about films and faith.
1: Um, today we watched Contagion. Nick, do you remember what happened in this movie?
2: Yeah. The world fell victim to a global pandemic from a virus that was massively contagious and extremely deadly. And we watched people from the CDC and the WHO Who? and the Centers for Disease Control. Oh, I get what you just did. (laughs) Who? They were trying to deal with the virus and develop a vaccine. And we watched that situation play out in a story
1: and also that's happening right now in the world yeah, yeah. not not too much disbelief needed to be suspended here yeah I have a question People why don't. was there no Thanksgiving they kept talking about it yeah and it never came well there was nothing to be
2: thankful for I guess I have a question how many shots in this movie Or simply, like, the camera being still focused on a person in an inflatable suit? At least two. They were definitely my favorite shots in the film.
0: I have an inflatable snail suit.
2: I have a question. Which of the characters in this film do you think was, like, least important to the story and the plot? uh wow that's a good question mine is brian cranston who is a military general and just showed up sometimes and spoke in a gravelly voice but i don't think yeah it's weird
1: that they made a general do all that stuff and not like a president like we never saw the president we just heard tell of the president
0: well he went underground
1: they 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 we don't know we don't know who was president
0: Gender non-binary president of 2011 went underground.
1: (laughs) I think that Marion Cotillard, I didn't really understand her role. She didn't do anything, except for they thought that she could do something, so then they, like, captured her, and then they let her go, but, like... They did not get what they wanted. yeah, Yeah, I didn't really understand that whole subplot. I like that Jude Law was a newsie. How could you tell he was a newsie? He had a hat. And. <laughs> a very particular kind of he hat. He was like the only person wandering the streets he delivering. He was also, like the things. only British one. He was like <laughs> leaving pamphlets on cars. Like extra, extra. The thing for is, scythia. he seemed like a newsie,
2: and then it later turned into that he was a conspiracy theorist.
0: What was his last name? What
2: is the difference?
1: Good point. I don't think that this film thinks very highly of journalism. No. <laughs> it keeps talking about how journalism is dead.
0: It was definitely Yeah, you know, what like, was his
1: last name?
0: It was something... Con... It was Crumweed. Crumweedy.
1: Crum-weedy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a crumb and a weed. Reviled by society. <laughs> Did you notice how they parody? like had given him a weird tooth? Yes. <laughs> was, like like Ju Law doesn't, doesn't have, have bad teeth. They
2: did that to him. I don't know why. Just so that he'd be like a little bit off. Just yeah. a little bit
0: like a rat, I think.
2: So I have a question. Do you think that his character thought like actually believed for Scythia, his truth serum worked as a as like a cure for the virus I think or was so. he just duping the whole world. I I
1: think he... I personally think he actually thought he had the virus and that he used his essential oils and that it cured him. And I think he was actually trying to help people.
0: He was right the whole time. And if only people listened to him. (laughs) Yeah. And I think good that he made all that money. Honestly, I'm glad. No, I don't think he... I don't think he did. Why not? Because I think, like... I don't know. I don't think... I don't think this film afforded him that kind of grace. Like, they were clearly trying to... I felt like his character was, like, super dramatically made to be, like, this sketchy guy. Who was, like, how dare you profit off of these things and then made... You don't
1: think sketchy people actually believe what they say?
0: I think he was meant to be deceptive. That's what I mean by sketchy.
1: Hmm. I mean, I definitely think he's dangerous. But I think... I think he is sincere. i going to take a little risk here and say it
2: reminds me a little bit of like anti vaxxers who, yeah. like, well, okay. yeah, who I think like. Well, he literally was anti vaxxers. Yeah, who I think aren't out to like do anything terrible. Like, I think that they yeah. are, do, are pursuing their beliefs because they think that they're real, but yeah, like he, they're going to do major harm to
1: yeah. other people because they're wrong. Like, they're going against science, but they're not going against science to hurt people. They're going against science because they think, like, their science is smarter.
0: I hear that. And I see that.
1: And if he can make some money, like, he might as well. But I actually didn't pick up on that. So that's just a fault of mine to like um, not realize. Like did he buy up all the forsythia? Is that what it, is that how he was making money?
0: Well, I think what was happening was, or was he was making
1: money from like traffic on his website or something.
0: No, he he had a conversation with the guy who was like how do we predict what I don't I I don't know anything about economics, but like the what stocks were going to go up and he said something about like I don't know if he said some sort of like Sanitizer or something was like already like peaking, and I guess he was wondering like what's gonna go up next that we can invest in now, Mm. and and that's why he was like, let me look into your crystal ball, to like see that. And I thought that was like this was his way of inventing the next thing, because he was able to. Kind of predict, not maybe not predict, but like he understood how something was gonna go up like that. And so when I'm he... not
1: sure I followed though. Like, how could he have known that?
0: Because because he did it like himself. He was
1: promoting it, so like the Forsythia thing. Yeah. So he right. like bought stock in whatever company was making Forsythias. I saying? guess
0: maybe. Hmm. That's kind of what I thought was happening. That's
1: what I also think might have been happening. Ah.
0: And that's how he made all that money.
1: He was. I I think he was a true believer. He just had he... a following, and then he realized that his following could also make him money. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think he ca- I think he believed forsythia was the cure before he realizes that there could be money made in that. And that's why I think he actually believed it. That's my take.
2: Mm. Mm. I was thinking maybe it was like he really believed it was the cure, so he invested in it. Because he, he thought, like, this is just going to prove to be real. Yeah. And that's the wise thing to do. We, and then yeah. people believed
1: him, so he did make a ton of money on it. Because I think he, like, was sick... And then he was like, I'm going to try a bunch of different homeopathic remedies to get better. And one of them is going to be for Scythia. And then he got better. So then he was like, oh, this must be a cure. Yeah. He was like the closest thing we had to
2: a villain.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I think one yeah. thing this movie, especially the storyline with um, Witty, <laughs> uh, reveals that we're also seeing playing out in real life is that when you're in the midst of of a crisis people are going to believe div- like divergent things mm-hmm. to be true mm. and people all operate in their lives and in the world based on what they genuinely believe is true at the end of the day though only one of like there is only one truth mm-hmm. and we can't we can't really know for sure what that is. We use the evidence that we have around us to try to figure that out. But none of us actually has a real crystal
1: ball to look into the future and right. see yeah what the right thing to do is. And we can be wrong about something fundamental like he w- he didn't even have the virus. Mm. It turns out like later when they were able to actually test him. So like all of that information he was spreading based on the fact that he had the virus was all false. Yeah. Cuz he never even had
2: it. And how we believe things is all just so reliant upon the information that we have access to.
0: I think it's interesting that this is something that I feel like is kind of like the the desire to like have someone to blame or to have a scapegoat mm. in the midst of it. Because like obviously the energy of like figuring out who is responsible or getting upset at people for maybe having information and not. And sharing it in a, in a way that wasn't, I don't know, like, like the weird, and this is another thing I noticed, like the, like managing public panic is a thing that people were kind of trying to do behind the scenes. And so what that meant was they were withholding certain information at certain times, but it didn't seem like it was, you know, trying to hurt people. It was trying to help them. Hmm. And so like in the midst of that, that's something that people get upset at public officials for doing
1: yeah and i think when you're talking about like information that like people are trying to control like also understanding that like the people in power don't always have the information that you think they have Mm -hmm. so it's like you demanding for them to like give you a clear picture about like how to behave or like the direction this virus is going to go like they just might not have that information so if you like force them to give you an answer to that question it could be like wrong or misinformed or like misleading right or dangerous so yeah i think that just goes kind of back a little bit more to what nick was saying i guess but just like the idea that you are owed like knowledge and information right is i think like foolish
0: and just sometimes impossible yeah, like breaking into the doctor's house to get the vaccine that hasn't been invented yet. That he doesn't have.
1: Oh, already. yeah, like you're putting people in at risk and also just like, yeah. So
2: one thing that I was thinking about while watching this movie was that they're, they, the characters are often facing these circumstances where they're trying to I guess we as the audience are seeing everything globally and we see like multiple characters. So we don't have, we never really develop a strong feeling towards one particular character or family as our, as our heroes and our protagonists. Mm-hmm. So I think we're watching this whole thing thinking like, can we just do what's in the best interest of everyone? Um, but the, a lot of the characters are facing choices and experiences where they're, they have to... Decide, do I submit to the the protocol that I'm being asked to submit to that's for the greatest good of everybody? Like, do I just have to wait to get the vaccine until my birthday is called? Mm -hmm. Or if I happen to have the privilege to access the vaccine early, should I do what's in the best interest of my family and my loved ones and help them? Um, and that's a really fascinating question. What's your responsibility? And I, I wonder even as as Christians, what are, what is our responsibility? Do we care for those in our close circles as well as we possibly can at the expense of potentially other people who we don't know? Or do we potentially sacrifice loved ones around us because we know that it's Fair, so that everybody else has the same, like access to the things.
0: Right. There was a part in the interview where, um, Crumb Weedy or whatever his name was, was like going after <laughs> who was the who was the doctor.
1: Uh, the guy that was being oh, interviewed. Oh yeah, I Lawrence Fishburne. I'm so yeah. bad with names. I forget his name.
0: Anyway, he was going after that doctor about like who who gets help and in my head it was so like of course he's gonna tell his family as soon as he gets information that he's not cleared to like give the rest of the world but i think you're right that is a that is a question that
1: yeah i guess yeah it's like why what is the like why withhold that information from everybody if it could benefit more people i feel like information is like one thing where if it is something that can be freely given to everybody, then it should be, like, as soon as possible.
0: But what would as the result clear as be? possible. Because he was telling her to get out of Chicago, and if everyone in Chicago left Chicago, wouldn't yeah, that mean that? Yeah, I guess there that... would have
1: been, like, traffic and stuff. Well, and also
2: potentially, like, way more spread of the right. virus beyond a contained zone. Yeah, if
0: people who are carrying true. the virus all leave... So, so And, and I guess the,
1: like the ethical thing there that everybody was upset at him about was that he was just like looking out for himself when it actually would have been better for her to stay in Chicago and like follow the directive.
2: My favorite moment of this kind of moral question playing out in, the, in this film is that doctor is talking to his wife on the phone and the custodian in the facility overhears him telling his wife, get out of town and kind of gives him that look to say, oh, you know, I have loved ones too. Um, yeah. It's not fair that you're telling your wife. But I think the the moment actually that I found most interesting was after that, um, the doctor's wife is in the store getting groceries, ready to leave town at her husband's urging. And she he said, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And her friend calls and says, hey, you bailed on dinner. What's going on? Have you heard anything from your husband about what's going on? And that moment I thought was the most fascinating one because she wasn't a person that had access to that information because of her job. I mean, I guess she still had the privilege of being married to the guy who runs CDC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for her, that was just such a, uh, an interesting moment to say, yeah, I don't know how I would respond in that moment. She ultimately tells her friend, don't tell anyone else, Mm -hmm. but here's what's up. And then that makes me wonder what happens when that friend is in a similar situation and says the same thing to yet another person. Don't tell anyone else. else. There's this line of privileged information. Um, Mike, I, I think to your point, it's kind of frustrating to think, well, why not just give that information to everyone else? But then on the other hand, if there are super major ramifications like the virus spreading or mass riots and chaos and panic that could potentially cause more significant issues.
1: I think what I would maybe say is from like a Christian perspective of answering this question is that um, like we're called to prioritize other people more than ourselves, like especially other people's lives or safety. Um, I think like that's what we're told that love is, is laying down our lives for one another. And I think that um, what ultimately, like objectively was better for everyone is for his wife to stay in Chicago. But for him personally, that might not have been what he wanted. So he told her the information so that she could leave but that actually wasn't like the best thing for her to do i think i think Mm. she should have stayed and listened like i think the state was like giving like the best advice to like stay in chicago and so he was like looking out for himself and wanting to be with her so he like told her that that was happening so she could disobey that order and i think i think he sort of makes up for that later in the film he's given a vaccine and he chooses to give it to somebody who doesn't have access to that vaccine until like much later. Um, and he decides like not to have a vaccine for himself. And so he like, he's prioritizing someone else's like health over himself. I feel like that's redemption a little bit for him Mm. for like the selfishness of that original choice, because I think that is like a good act that he give somebody else his vaccine. Like, I think, uh, like, making that choice for himself to, like, not have that is, like, an acceptable thing. But I think giving somebody information that changes their, like, response to the greater good is, like, not... Does that make sense? Yeah. Tying those two things together.
2: So the question, then, isn't so much who has access to the information, but how do you respond to the information that you have?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you responding with actions that are self-serving? Yeah. Or are you responding with actions, like, <laughs> on the it would be not so much a problem for him to tell his wife what's going on if his wife then were to make the choice, I now have this information and I'm still gonna choose to stay here.
1: Yeah, like the action itself is more important than the information. But if the information, like, prompts you to a particular course of action that's, like, not helpful, then maybe it is better to not have the information.
0: I mean, I don't know. Like, he, yeah, he was looking out for himself, but he's also looking out for his wife. And I get that we're comparing, like, both are, if he was to prioritize the life of his wife above the general population i don't know part of me just feels like it doesn't seem like that particular action was harmful in and of itself so could it be considered more of like a morally neutral thing to do
2: seems like the question there is fairness
0: oh okay. yeah
1: because i don't think she was in danger in chicago if she went to like shelter and place if she
0: quarantined herself in her home she probably would have yeah. been okay. which is, I think,
1: what she was being asked to do in Chicago. And he was saying, like, no, that sounds horrible. Come to Atlanta where I am. I think.
0: Okay. So they could be together.
2: But even if it, even if you give it yeah. a really positive read and say he was trying to get her out of danger, yeah, it's still like, but he's leaving all of the other Chicagoans. Nobody else gets in an danger. opportunity to to escape through the
1: cracks because nobody else is married to the director of the cdc yeah so it's like yeah it's like an ethical fairness not like a physical danger
0: i don't know i guess i'm just like because it's one thing to say okay we should always like the the greater good this this greater good concept that we have always will trump the immediate benefits of i guess helping those closest to you. but the greater good exists like our our actions and the ability to help the greater good which could maybe disadvantage the people that you're close with or that are in your like immediate circle I guess or community only that, that greater good only exists as like a system above you so the way that he's able to help the greater good of the rest of the population is because he is a part of the cdc and this is a government action or whatever so he's in a unique position where his actions he has direct access to something like that and also to his immediate circle
2: yeah it's interesting too to think like I mean, maybe not in this particular case because he didn't develop the vaccine, but just following the line of logic. Mm -hmm. You could you could say the person who develops this vaccine or is responsible for the fact that there even is an opportunity for people to be well. Like. If we didn't have that person, then nobody would have access to, to becoming better. So maybe it is okay for that person to get to get a little bit of. Privilege in selecting who gets the vaccine first. I don't know. It's an interesting ethical question. Or did even that, like, did that make sense? That
0: yeah, like he's do he's doing the good. It's not he's, it's not like he's hmm. he's doing good for both. It's not
2: like all of humanity contributed equally to the fact that the vaccine exists. So the then in some ways, why does all of humanity get equal access? I see to what it? you're saying. But of course, there's all kinds of, you know, well, he, he had access to whatever education he had that led him to be able to develop a vaccine, so. Yeah. Who in this movie did anything that actually was helpful? <laughs> Except for the, the one...
1: Aaron, who died. Uh, yeah, Kate Winslet was trying to follow the trail. Yeah. And, like, track the, like, how the virus was behaving. But then she caught it she got too close and like the one doctor
2: who violated the order not to do testing on the virus outside of a certain like safety containment he was the he figured out how to um how to he's figured out how to get the virus to like replicate in cells and then the other scientist, she... Oh, yeah. Wait, she developed on a... Yeah. Huh? yeah, she developed a that? vaccine. I forget. The first one was that doctor who... He was a scientist. Can't remember the actor's name, but he's yeah, like... Yeah, I'm guy. just trying
1: to remember which character. I mean, I remember that situation.
2: Yeah, I don't remember his name. And then there was the other one who developed a vaccine and tested it on herself. Ah, yeah.
1: the
2: scientists saving the world. Hmm... We never really saw healthcare providers. I mean, they, like doctors
1: and nurses were extras mm-hmm. at best, but they weren't. Yeah, it was like the CDC and like, yeah, we're like handling all of the patients. That is interesting.
0: There was this one shot towards the end where you see them opening this like big biohazard container thing and you see the labels SARS, H1N1, and then underneath, underneath it the, like, whatever they were calling this vaccine. And one. Yeah, and that was kind of, that felt like a very, like, and this too we conquered as humanity. Yeah. As the best of us, or something.
2: We've talked a little bit about what we think about this film. Oh, yeah. But I'd be interested to know what some
1: other Christians thought about. <laughs> yeah, is there a website that might tell us that?
0: There is. It's um, pluggedin.com, hmm. which we have consulted in every single other episode That's of faith That's kind Based. of
1: the premise of this podcast.
0: Positive elements. The movie may well be a scary reminder that we can never be totally safe from disease, but it also points to the many dedicated health professionals who put everything on the line to try to protect us. Humanity's propensity for compassion and self-sacrifice is heralded over and over. Um, spiritual elements. When a compassionate doctor realizes that her efforts have caused her to contract the virus, she softly cries out with an almost prayer-like, oh god, no. After all the nurses have abandoned their posts, a nun is seen doing all that she can to care for the stricken. Someone opines that a doctor thinks of himself as Jesus in a lab coat. Violent content. Tension builds as people search for food and medical help. Eventually things become unbearable and crowds begin looting stores, smashing windows, and setting buildings on fire. Conclusion. A lot of people like being scared by horror movies. They enjoy those shadowy creature features that set their pulse up to pounding. (laughs) Sorry. Of course, there's always a certain comfort in knowing that those frightening scenes can never really happen. We know that when we get home, ghostly children won't be crab crawling across our ceilings and our zombified neighbors won't be shrieking and lurching in our direction as the garage door descends. Contagion, though, is a scare flick of a completely different sneeze. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's, I like it. It's a a story that could be all too real. We may convince ourselves that the miracles of modern medicine can protect us from harm, but the invisible world of germs is far from controllable. And this movie drives home that point with an ice pick. USA Today reported that director Steven Soderbergh said the movie could do to elevator buttons what Jaws did to the beach. Wow. Indeed, this pick turns all things microscopic into our worst enemies. It's filled with enough unsettling health facts to turn rubber gloves and saran-wrapped suits into a viable fashion choice this winter. And while it's doing that, it also displays the worst of mankind, rioting, pillaging, and fighting in the face of catastrophe. We see the spasms of death and the goopy autopsies that follow. We're peppered with profanity. Contagion is also a well-made drama decorated by a crowd of A-list stars, helmed by a highly respected director that draws you in with believable characters in an evenly paced story of heroism and selflessness. It tells a deep it tells of a deep love for others. It's a picture that made me pause to reevaluate and think about washing my hands and my coffee cup and my keyboard and my desk and my colleague's cubicle and my dot dot dot. Sorry. Don't include that. Um,
2: I don't know. I just did not think it had that optimistic of a view on...
0: Well, what's interesting is he has a whole... He has this kind of paragraph of, like, you know, it's... It makes... It's a microscopic look at our worst enemies. Disease. Pathogens. And yet, it also has a microscopic look at the worst of mankind. But he seems to kind of like glaze over that, and he's like, "While it's in there, what we really see is the selflessness and heroism of our healthcare professionals."
2: Yeah, and I, I think I just didn't see a ton of selflessness.
0: I didn't see any healthcare professionals really. <laughs> the
2: CDC people.
0: I, okay, yeah, that's Yeah, true. I mean, when that's I think like all of the characters of like are the health healthcare doctors.
1: professionals, except for Matt Damon and Jude Law.
2: Yeah, but I think we see like the scientists, not the like doctors and nurses. I just really can't believe that he landed on such a, an optimistic perspective on this film. I, I do think that there were a couple of characters who were selfless and compassionate, but I don't think that that was the majority of what we were focusing on. I think a lot of people were really navigating difficult ethical and moral choices and dilemmas and Landing at decisions and choices that we kind of were left with, like oh, I guess that's probably what I would do, but I don't know.
0: Right, but it yeah, but ends... they're all
1: in search of a cure, I guess. It that's ends true, with and they're with like
0: everyone yeah. in their best position, like. Well,
1: there's a bunch who are dead, but.
0: No, I know, but like in terms of like the ethical dilemmas, it it begins with him with. Um, the head of the CDC guy, protecting his wife and those closest to him. And it ends with him sacrificing his own vaccine for a child of a janitor that works in his building. And it ends with them filing this vaccine and this disease away with every other...
1: Yeah. And even the choice to, like, break the rules to develop the vaccine is, like, a selfish, like, reckless choice, I guess. But it's, like, in pursuit of like what's best for humanity and even matt damon like finally throws prom
2: for his daughter. <laughs> yeah once he knows finally the lets the kid
0: up. near his daughter the 17 yeah. year old near his 12 year old the
1: 25 year old near his 12 year old daughter <laughs> wow. for prom night i do think what's interesting though is like if you think about this film like like the thing that's infecting everyone is not like a virus but is sin and then it's like what are we like willing to put our faith in as like the cure then those like posters that people put up of the journalist i'm uh, jude law what's his name cromwitty, crom-witty. <laughs> uh, like it said like prophet and then also prophet like spelled the two ways like that's interesting mm. that but it's cool like is room. he does he have a cure it's like is he promising is. something that he can deliver Or is he just making money? Can it be both? Right. Is it neither? Oh, that is really interesting. And, like, like do we put our faith in medicine? Do we, you know, do we make sacrifices because of that faith? Like, I feel like that's what this film could be saying about, like, faith and spirituality. Like, people are still trying to, like, navigate big questions. And when this thing is, like, attacking. That's interesting.
2: From what he may be a cult leader and whether or not he knows that he's he's a crackpot or not he's still dangerous
1: yeah which is why I think like when you're saying he's a true believer like he, I do actually think he really believes that he's right but without like the evidence to back that up it's dangerous to like believe that yeah but then people are risk like destroying property in order to get the for Cynthia and yeah they could they could just be wrong and then they could still die anyway But they're willing to try it because it is promising something for someone. And he is proclaiming it as true. And he's proclaiming it with like a certainty that he doesn't have entitlement for. Yeah. Like it worked for him, but that's not a clinical trial. It's not a whatever. But people are putting their faith in the disease. We don't know. Yeah. Probably
0: didn't really work for him. He just kind of thought it did.
1: Yeah.
2: Unless it worked so well. That it eradicated the virus and all his antibodies. So it just took his immunity with it. So it made it look like it never even existed.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that not what Christ does for our sin?
1: Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's like (laughs) two people that like give up something to help somebody else. Like we've already mentioned Lawrence Fishburne's character gives up his vaccine for the child. But then Kate Winslet does that too with her blanket. Like... That other guy that's dying, like, all he wants is a blanket. Or she gives up her coat, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But all he wants is, like, relief from his fever, and the nun can't help him, so she, like, goes away. And then Kate Winslet, like, sacrifices, like, right before she dies. Yeah.
0: I don't want to get, like, super... I'm probably reading into this too much, but, like, the nun can't help him, which is interesting. I don't know. I think there's definitely, like, this kind of...
2: The scientist
1: can. yeah
0: the the mm-hmm. scientist like what he
1: oh yeah like he doesn't just want his sins forgiven like he wants relief in this life too
0: right
1: yeah i actually don't think that has to necessarily be a critique on religion but more like a
2: the nun is there to care for him in a human way and that's beautiful but mm-hmm. in the yeah. end like she cannot give him a blanket because she doesn't have that to give him and the scientist happens to have a blanket next which is
0: to kind the of the exact way. opposite of like the good samaritan in some ways, it's like, I cannot help you really with your, isn't that, isn't that, am I missing that wrong? they like, but what I can give you is something like much more valuable than relief from this right now. Hmm. I don't know. And I don't think they're trying well, I to don't juxtapose think it's those like, two, but. Yeah. It's I mean,
1: to what you were saying, Nick, I don't think it's like a critique of religion. I, I mean, I don't think it's a critique of faith, uh, but I do think it is a critique in like religious relief. How, like, sometimes, yeah like, missionaries and other, like, like, chaplains in hospitals or whatever, like, they're not concerned uh, necessarily about, like, physical comfort or, like, healing in the body. But, like, people's souls, but people in hospitals want, you know, they still want a fighting chance. Like, they still want to believe that they can be healed in this life. So, like, that's what they're asking for. But I think that's, like, a sometimes can be a failing of like ministers. It's like not care for people's like bodies and just care for their spirits.
2: Well, it's like the, there was a, I read a news story about something happening right now where a a pastor of a large church that believes in like faith healing, Mm. they were having still very, very large gatherings where people were laying hands on people. Mm. And when asked, aren't you concerned about the possible spread? he said if anybody in my church gets sick i will lay my hands on them and heal them in jesus name it's like i don't think that you actually have that hmm. ability that's
1: not what you you can provide yeah <laughs> like it's interesting like i don't necessarily want to say that he can't provide that cuz i also do want to like believe in the power to heal But I also think like there's something to say for being like wise about not gathering in big groups, like not inviting sickness. Mm. But like if you really believe you can heal somebody and they're quarantined in their home and they're dying and you want to go and try to heal them. Like I don't necessarily say think that there's something wrong with that, but I think putting other people at risk because of, yeah, I don't know. It gets a little bit more complicated, I think.
2: Yeah, this this film really does show us uh, a general population that seems to be out to protect themselves mm-hmm. at right. the cost of everything else. And it is interesting. I mean, this film was made, whatever, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And we are now living something of a similar scenario right now. And, Natalie, I think, like you're you're saying, you can see on social media, actually, a lot of the exact opposite. Now, maybe
1: who knows where this yeah, will go. Yeah, I think that's go. just because we're too early in it still.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think that is built on this kind of like hopefulness that we have because we are still early in this process. Yeah. And so I could see unfortunately the kind of like as time goes on if this on uh, like in terms of medically if we don't if we don't really have more information in the next coming months on how we're going to stop this and maybe it's it's not like i don't know people have talked about like the projection of the of the next couple months and it's going to be in the at least in the US it's going to be kind of like fizzled out by july or august or something if we get to those months and this is still continuing i could see maybe this more sense of like a fearfulness and which i think could lead to the kind of behaviors that they showed in this movie yeah because you're right, Mike. This movie does accelerate at a much more rapid mm. pace than what we're seeing right now.
2: I hope that doesn't end up being the case. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Ta-da! Oh, Pressing.
1: Contagion. Thanks for tuning in everyone. Stay safe and inside and all that.
0: Wash your hands.
1: Yeah. Don't touch your face. For 20 seconds or something.
0: 2,000 to 5,000 times a day.
1: That's how. yeah.